The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't. Rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One Nation. We got the power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The September 8th edition of One Nation Radio here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rich Latta, of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, except football! Football is back, NFL football in particular. Um, I'm having a, a hell of a time watching it so far. Rich, I know you don't really do that shit no more, and I don't blame you. It just, I, it, I, I can't stop myself from watching this shit. It, it, look, well, I, I can't, I can't stop myself from watching uh, adult, you know, grown adult men, you know, damage their brain cells one play at a time. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. That's how I be. I mean, uh, I, I won't judge for it. Just personal choice for me. You, look, you probably should. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I this is my third consecutive year of not watching the NFL, not participating in fantasy. None of that until Colin Kaepernick either a declares himself retired or um, somehow finds his way back into the league. I will not associate with the league. So, um, yeah, man. uh, But I couldn't avoid the news cycle over the weekend with Antonio Brown. Oh, God. My timeline was flooded. I had to get on on the jokes. I heard what happened. This man, Antonio Brown, for those of you guys that are unfamiliar, he may, he's not even a wrestler. He may get nominated for the One Nation Radio, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Finesse of the Year Award. James, it, what the fuck happened with Antonio Brown? Like, like, what, 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 what happened here? Okay, so, um, I, I, the date, I'm going to get the dates wrong or whatever, but, um, in somewhere in like the mid to I want to say like the late two thousands, um, you remember Mike Wallace? He used to play for the for the uh, Steelers. Yes. Yeah, like the Steelers have always been like the best team at, at drafting and developing wide receivers. Like that runs from Heinz Ward to Plasco Burris to San Antonio Holmes to Mike Wallace to Antonio Brown to uh, to Juju Juju uh, Schuster Smith right now or Smith Schuster whatever it is. So like they've they've always they've always done well with receivers. So Mike Wallace is set to get his deal and he turned down the deal thinking he'd get more money. Um, I believe he actually did get more money with the. Um, Miami Dolphins, and that ended up more or less ending his career because turns out, you know, Ben Roethlisberger 
you, you kind of need that guy as opposed to playing with whatever garbage they were throwing out there while was, uh, in Miami. Anyway, uh, that deal, that extension, uh, they decided to turn around and, and just give to Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown was a younger player. Um, that was his first big money deal. Um, and he was coming up upon the end of that. I think they extended it at, at one point too. So, but uh, they they were coming to the end of that. So, you look at his age. Uh, he was, you know, um, he was turning. He was thirty. Uh, he turned thirty-one a couple months ago. Uh, Le'Veon Bell held out all the last year. They, uh, you know, traded him or let him go or walk, whatever it was. Where he ended up in the, um, getting his money with the Jets. He looks at it. I'm thirty. I'm on the, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of thirty now. This is going to be my last substantial deal if I can actually get one. Um, so he's a, so he, you know, figured he, him and Ben, Ben's volatile. Ben has always been a fake leader. Ben also, you know, is a rapist. Talk about all that other stuff you want to, but that that blew up because you know Ben is not built for to be a leader, and he's always been a bit of a diva ish, even though he is somebody that plays through a shit ton of crap and injuries out his career, whatever else. Like it's a mixed bag of good and bad with Ben Rosberg without his without his life and career, and in bad decisions as well. So anyway, um, that blows up. That situation blows up, and it's like, are you going to keep a receiver? Going to keep a quarterback? They kept the quarterback. Um, so then uh, they decided to trade AB away. AB uh, apparently one of the suitors were the Patriots. The Patriots willing to offer a first round draft pick. Uh, you you know briefly about the history of the Patriots and the Steelers when it comes to NFL football over the last uh, let's say nineteen years. Rich, how, is that done? That resemble more like a hammer and a nail. Is it, it looks strangely similar to Serena Williams versus Maria Sharapova <laughs> over that time from what I recall except Serena except Sharapova actually beat her in a in a, in a Grand Slam final one time so like like the Steelers actually won actually or, or sorry Sharapova actually one time went through Serena to win something that mattered <laughs> <laughs> that, that never happened. That's never happened with the Steelers and Patriots. So they basically were like, "Hell, fuck! No, we're not trading the, uh, the the Patriots and Antonio Brown. Are you crazy?" So we'll ship. They, they thought they're going to be Popovich and be petty or petty bitch if you want to do it. We'll trade his ass to NFL Siberia and NBA. That's t- uh, Canada. And right now, for the last twenty years, more or less, has been Oakland. Trade him to Oakland, uh, and they gave him a two year extension. And I think it was like thirty million guarantees or fifteen between the two years of guaranteed money. Uh, so there's some speculation that, you know, there were suitors. He knew there were suitors. Um, but there's no way for him at all, on the wrong side of 30 to get to that money due to his last substantial deal as opposed to playing almost like year to year almost. So we're playing almost like on a one year insurance policy, almost like he's playing on one one and one as an NBA player, but NBA players, you know, are far more dominant and valuable to a team success and are more, therefore more expensive than NFL players. So what he does is he's proceeds to act as after being more much a model citizen in the NFL for, you know, almost a decade, he decides to act the damn ass in the last 10 months, including him getting his ass out of, uh, out of uh, Pittsburgh. So, at one point, he, uh, you know, he had the foot injury thing with the, with the of the or chirogenic, or sorry, uh, chirogenic tape or uh, chamber, whatever else. He froze like the bottom of his feet off, uh, skin damage. He recovered. Um, he was complaining about having his old helmet, uh, being able to play with that because it's been outlawed. He fought for that for whatever. He talked about he may retire. Weird stuff. 
then uh, because he he starts missing mandatory practices, he got fined, and then he goes on social media and posts the, the letter about him getting fined from the GM Mike Mayock, <laughs> and he so he says I don't want to be fined because obviously it's all it's all about money for the most part. So apparently he has a, he walks up on Mayock, and then he has an exchange released to where at some point he says. I'm not going to get into what he said specifically. You can if you want to. I don't feel like dealing with it. But y'all can look he, it up. Uh, he gets into he gets into it with with the GM, and he mostly says like, "Look, he punts a football away, and it says like I, he says something along the lines of, I'll punch you in the face.' And then he also says he punts a football um, from a practice football, and says, "Now find me for that." So he's away from the team. People think they're going to cut him. Uh, players reach out. Apparently, he comes back and he gives a heartfelt apology to the team. Gruden accepts the apology, thereby cutting off his own GM's nuts. Uh, so he's set to play until apparently they decide they're going to uh, find him for something like contract. Another find is like conduct detrimental, which means he loses all of his guaranteed money. Which means like, okay, so like, I'm going to play it for you, and then anything happens, I'm going to lose the money I have. My insurance policy is gone for the next uh, two, 24 months. How about this? Release me. He asked to be released. They release him. And then, like, less than five hours later, he's a New England Patriot. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, while, and, and, and so, therefore, he lost the insurance policy of the extra year in case of injury. Sure, yes. But now, this time, he gets to enter into free agency at 30, uh, 31 as opposed to being 32 at the end of the Oakland deal. So he actually has a chance to get one last century deal before he's out of the game. And he'll probably increase his profile with with the Patriots. Yes. He'll, he'll like have a better a good season with a good quarterback. He'll be in a starring role. He, he essentially got everything he wanted. So And and he'll be on the best team he's ever been on. He'll play with he'll play with uh, a quarterback better than than uh, David Carr. Uh I'm sorry, uh Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Sorry. Sorry, brothers. Um and he gets to go on. He gets. He basically gets the same money he's gonna get already. And then he he spends a year and he chills out there for a year. And all of this shit from the last ten months goes away, and he's back to being the models uh, NFL player that he was the rest of his career prior to these last ten months. <laughs> so, like with, with this talk of you know in wrestling, people not being able to get released from their deals, maybe more of them should go holler at Antonio Brown and, uh, well, and and figure out you know if, if there's something they can do to well, to go ahead and uh, get facilitate some of these releases. Well, the thing that Antonio Brown has that the wrestlers don't have are is he's part of a union that is collect that collectively bargains in partnership with the ownership. <laughs> yeah. So nah, you can't you look you would love to be Antonio Brown, but you can't. Sorry, yeah. Sasha. Sorry, Luke Harper. Sorry, anybody that wants. To get, sorry, everybody is stuck in Ring of Honor with this foolishness around them. While <laughs> while they can be in AEW uh, instead. Sorry, that's just it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, an all-time finesse job by Antonio Brown getting to the team he wanted to go to, never having to play down for the Oakland Raiders and John yeah. Gruden and yeah. uh, that disaster of yeah. an organization. And yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, oh, another part about it is the ad about the the reputation thing. A year from now, or I'm sorry, uh, five six months from now. What we'll be saying is, or more more than likely is, Antonio Brown helped the Patriots win the Super Bowl. He became the biggest weapon for them after Gronk retired. Uh, 
look how well he behaved for those months of time. It's almost like, you know, and you think about the rest of his history, like the only people he ever beefed with was Ben Roethlisberger, rapist, and <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, who have been the worst the worst ran team in the NFL since 2002. And then people would be like, maybe it wasn't AB. Maybe, maybe these bad situations have poisoned him. Maybe when he, and then people will think, you know what? He knows how to behave, and then everybody goes and gets in their ego of thinking, I can also coach him. I can also do this and get away with it. And that's how we end up where we are. So, like, or where we will be. And he will have another bag dropped off at the Brown residence. So, yeah. uh, And also, also, him on the Patriots win a Super Bowl, like, this clinches him being a Hall of Famer. Like, he was already a guy that had Hall of Fame numbers and a great case already, but this will put him over the top to be like, all right, so he passes, like, the Tory Holtz in – what have you away like he just clearly vaults over those guys to next level if he gets a if he gets a ring or gets the super bowl yeah you know how they and like to, you, you, you know the how they like to act funny with wide receivers uh when it comes to the hall of fame so yeah 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 um uh, yeah but um yeah all-time finesse job so i spent some, some of my weekend uh watching the wu-tang show uh that came out on hulu <laughs> and uh it's really interesting apparently ghostface and raekwon were literally trying to kill each other at one point in real life shooting really? at each other yes the, di- the dynamic duo of the of the wu-tang clan shooting, ghostface each, and other's, shooting each other's homes up like no, that is how did they ever do how did they ever hop on wax together like i have not got you, to that part yet once you shoot up my crib we can no longer we can never ever 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 nigga I, we can I, never be on rap tracks together so I, I guess the deal is like the rizzle like connects them so something happened i haven't got to the part yet to where it all gets squashed but there's been some like you know deaths and and you know attempted you know you know, drug dealing empires that went went bad, and then of course there's RZA like just making all these beats, and then Method Man shows up at one point. I've watched three episodes; it's really great so far. They're gonna be releasing them every Wednesday, and it's just like, man, it, it brings me back to a time like, man, this is like I love these beats, I love this style, like you know. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see because I don't really know a great deal about the the backstory of like the wu-tang clan like you know you ask me about jay-z's life yeah i can probably figure it out you ask me about whoever a little bit later i can figure it out but i never really you know did the research on the bios of you know the wu-tang guys and and everything like that but uh really enjoyed that uh you know those first three episodes so um yeah but we got a lot to talk to about today uh thanks for sitting through um yeah man i guess we should begin uh with the with chris jericho oh my god so chris jericho what a week it has been for the ayatollah rock and roller the man of a thousand four holds uh judas you know whatever you want to you know name this gentleman by this man won the AEW championship uh over hangman page you know we did a review last week and immediately it began like a story that captivated the attention of the wrestling internet and everything else like that spout even spawned a viral phrase so jericho's uh you know he wants the AEW belt he has a deal he's walking through the locker room cutting a promo on folks and uh he turns and you know just kind of a throwaway comment 
he's like, you know, and I, I'll perhaps celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly. And, and everyone lost their minds. A lot, like, uh, instantly a meme was created. Uh, everyone was substituting their favorite songs or, you know, movie clips or old wrestling stuff in it. And it was just a thing to that, that just caught so much fire. And it was just bringing... You know, they they instantly churned out a T-shirt for it, which became like the number one seller in the history of pro wrestling tees or something like that, which is like nuts. And kudos to you know Jericho and AEW for moving that fast, realizing there was a dollar to be made. So, um, <laughs> did you catch the, bu- the a little bit of the bubbly craze, James? Yeah, I saw on the Twitter. I think some of the stuff that they came up with was cute and creative. Um, but as far as it being a catchphrase, I thought I had the same thing with this catchphrase. When he said it at the time, it was like a quick little witty thing or whatever else. But I didn't think like it was something that was going to um, be something that just it's on my timeline pretty consistently uh, throughout a week. So that that was that kind of is what got me. But like, I mean, it's not like it, it's not as I think it, it, it's not as great as the other stuff he's done before. But it is like. It is it is interesting that like a week after he wins the AEW title in a match against um Hangman Page, like the most like Hangman Page, like you are back to back to the mid card you go or we're, we're pushing you to the mid card where you belong and like now we're we're getting Jericho over on his own without Adam Page in the way. <laughs> like that's, that's I find that to be interesting. <laughs> um so the story did not stop there. From there, Jericho, uh, you know, he's a Tampa resident, so he was headed back to Florida. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, Florida was dealing with like Hurricane Dorian, some of the flights were rerouted. Uh instead he had to settle for landing in Tallahassee, as I've gathered. So while he was in Tallahassee the as the story goes, he decides to take a trip to the Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, and there was something that happened where someone grabbed the wrong bag. Someone may have left the bag on top of the limo. Either way, when he drove off, the belt was not with him, and the AEW title belt went missing. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so hold on. So the, the main thing is that he had the belt on him. He had to build an, uh, an, uh, on his carry-on or whatever else. There's some mix-up with a bag that has to do with the limo service he rented this thing with. So they're taking his luggage uh, while he's eating to the airport, taking it back or whatever else. But this is something that may or may not have to do with his his actual luggage or not. But he had he actually had the thing on him. And then, like, they just it got lost in the shuffle on while the limo is going from Longhorn back to the hotel or back to the airport um, which is supposed to drop something off and then come back to the uh, Longhorn. It's just like, when, when, but once you first heard the story, when it first comes out, it's like he's at, he's in a limo, he's at Longhorn. Then you're thinking like, I, if you, you know, we have a Longhorn that's up the street from here. I, I believe it's a chain. I don't know if it's a national chain. The way people make it sound like they're not familiar with the Longhorn thing. It was like some special thing, or whatever. It's not. It's like it's, just, it's it's cool. So it's just like, wait a sec. He took a limo to Longhorn. What the I, fuck's going on? Like I love nigga, Longhorn. Apparently, I, it's this thing that that you know is, I'm not supposed to love. Apparently, no. It's not that you're not supposed to love it. Is that like it's not like it's a Ruth Chris or or you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's one of those. Yeah. It's not like some top notch steakhouse. It's a it's a chain. That's yeah. fine. But like it's it's like. If I t- if I said to you, all right, well, we're taking a limo to to like Outback, like to a notch something something that's a notch higher to Outback, you'd be like, really? That's kind of what they did, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, wait a second, what what's going on here? Um, so apparently, this you know, apparently it was they found on the side of the road, which I'm still like, okay, sure, 
apparently sure. apparently that's what happened like they did an interview with the guy that found it and um shit's weird like wow. very, very. <laughs> like this man this man comes up on something that's uh, reportedly worth um thirty thousand yeah. dollars and he's just like oh here what <laughs> here and got two hundred dollars for it right and the, yeah the thing, so the thing for me is like i, I don't i ain't believing this shit like I, I will go to my grave believing that this person came up on a lick Heard where was out. People were looking for what he found, and was like, "Well, let me turn this in for they for they fuck around and, and rope me up." Yeah, like yeah. that. That's that's that. Doesn't that see to me? I guess uh, the cynic in me is is what it is. But like that seems more reasonable to me than like, oh yeah, I found this championship belt. I'm gonna hold on to it. Either you find value in it or you don't. And if you're not a wrestling fan, which most people aren't, you just like. Okay, trash it, or or actually, you just leave it on the ground because while you pick up a piece of crap. <laughs> so Jericho immediately spins this into action. So you yeah. know there were actual real police reports that were filed. So no, yeah. this was not like a storyline originally. But from the wait, social wait, wait, media, wait, wait, are you saying are you saying that all cop uh, report, reports are legitimate? Ones that people file, <laughs> not ones police file. <laughs> Like, if someone reports something, that would be against the law. Like, if they were making it up. (laughs) So, um, immediately, like, I I think Jericho sensed the moment. All the jokes were being had. We were all sharing a good laugh at the title belt being stolen. But Jericho, the genius that he is, decides to get himself over for the zillionth time in his career by acting absurd. Uh, So, this man cuts a promo. He's in the... He's in the jacuzzi with the scarf in the tub. Um, he has the bubbly hat, with him. Hat on, shades on. So people, like, they see that and they see the way he's be- behaving. And then you don't hear the story about, like, the limo driver's the one that lost the fucking thing, not Jericho. And people are just assuming, like, okay, like, this dude clearly is having a problem with alcoholism again. Alcoholism again. And so... People started just recklessly speculating, and you know, a lot of it can't happen to be from people that are also like WWE apologists. So it's like that. That's 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 interesting. Like that's exactly what. That's the first thing y'all jump to is like, oh yeah, this dude's clearly like having a having an issue. And like, look, he may may very well be. I don't know him. I, I mean, but like from what I saw. Maybe I'm I'm untrained to you know that sort of thing, but like I didn't see any I didn't see any like red flags or or anything that made me believe like that was the case. But people jump to it and then they find out oh yeah the limo driver dropped it. But like I you know like Jericho has been asking for his thank you. I don't see anybody rushing to give them their, give out their apology after they said that shit. Yeah yeah. Um, back more on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> he starts cutting a promo says he's gonna put together. Uh, like a task force, uh, uh, the special investigators to find the belt and and just absurd shit. And he's pouring the uh, the bubbly into the glass, but instead still drinking for the bottle. Like foolishness. Um, then he cut another one in his house where his face looks kind of red. So he was probably like outside for a while, and you know caught what? some caught some sun rays. Yes, a Can- a Canadian in Florida sun out there baking and turned red. And people also from that day also when it kind of turned up like on that oh this yeah. man's an alcoholic and he looks pink yeah. something's wrong with him like Yeah, and the thing for me is like uh, I I have heard of Asian flush where for some reason genetically whatever else we're like 
if Asians drink drink a, a certain amount of alcohol or whatever else, like their face will like get flushed with in, with blood and red, almost like they're blushing. I've never heard about it with white people. I I was unaware. So when they're saying like he's red, so clearly that means there's something going on. I'm like. I, I, I was unaware of this and it turned out like, you know, or, or you, like I was unaware of this or it could just be Canadian and, and baking in the sun. You saw him just yesterday in the sun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, which one, which one seems more reasonable? <laughs> so Jericho, uh, again, you know, it, this is when he gets the belt back. So he has the belt with him. The cops end up finding it. They return the belt. Of course, there was this thing where they the cops actually posted the belt, uh, posing with it and whatnot, which was, like, absurd. And uh, someone told the cops to take that down or whatever so <laughs> they can start, like, working this, like, thing. But Jericho is, like, he got the belt back and everything like that. And he's just, like, talking. And it's just fucking great. Like, and, of course, the, the bubbly phrase is all catching off. This is nothing but great attention for, like, Chris Jericho and by proxy the AEW belt and you know it's it's, it's kind of a cool thing that just kind of came out of nowhere um yes. I believe in the one where he got the belt back when he celebrated getting his belt back I believe he said something on the lines of see like the reason why this belt was found so fast because I put the fear of God in yes. the world or something like that I was like you know this dude's a, this dude is a fucking clown it will catch the Judas effect <laughs> like you know Oh man, but yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Jericho leaving no doubt on why he should have been the, the, the AEW champion. Like, yeah. uh, like when I saw that video with him getting the belt, back, I was like, all right, man, he got to hold it a year now. Just, just, just <laughs> run it three sixty five, you know. I'm not, I'm not there with you on that, but it is funny to say. Yeah, um, yeah. So next thing. Um, transitioning, so we'll be back with AEW later on in the show, but uh, we got some WWE to talk about. Lots of stuff happened, um, or is kind of in the process of happening this week, but major news. Uh, Bailey turned heel. James, noted Bailey fan on this show. <laughs> they turned Bailey heel. Yeah. What the whole... Uh, is this just another um, admission of them blowing it with someone? It's always somebody is doing something and they have to freshen up the character because the character didn't get over because, like, you look at what the character was at at one place or, um, or namely, um, NXT or whatever else, and then, like, they never, like, re- try to recapture the magic. They always have to, like, vince it and, like, it always loses whatever, it whatever like, uh, sheen it had. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 par for the course. Um, and she had she's been on the roster, main roster since what? Uh, I want to say um, the end of the, or sorry, uh, the middle of twenty sixteen, um, two thousand sixteen, right? Yep. Yeah. So she had been babyface for a while. If you consider like you know, obviously you throw in the fact that like she's one of the all time great babyfaces in um, in major North American professional wrestling of the last decade. Like you you have that to account for. But, like, if you discount for, like, all right, like, Vince never saw none of that. Like, so if, if it's, you know, she's only been at a certain level. She's for literally three, been for on ice years. since the. Huh? She's literally been on ice since the spring of 2017. Like, she's essentially right. been a dead character walking. Yeah. So, like, if you're Vince and you never saw none of the stuff in NXT or whatever else, and you're just like, all right, well, like, she's been a babyface on the roster for, like, four years, roughly. Like, it's time to turn her. And. That's where we are. Um, you know, like, 
I I I love Bailey to death, but let's see what she does with it. Make the best of it. Um, if it keeps her, you know, in the or it keeps her, you know, kind of in position to where she can have, you know, programs and matches um, of a high caliber, then I guess that's the best way you can measure success. If like it keeps Vince interested enough to keep her like actually and actually use her, then like I guess that's a win. As opposed to like picking Lacey Evans off the floor again, even even though like she just got <laughs> she beat Natty uh, on Monday. So like with Bailey turning, it's just like well, uh, it, it's always an issue. It's never like hey, we're just gonna switch this person because we think it would be you know a good move or something like that. It's always this thing of like yo. We fucked this all the way up, and this is the only way we can, you know, turn some, fix someone, unless it's like AJ Styles or something, right? Yeah, yeah. like recently, anyway. Yeah, yeah that's kind of been the thing. It, it's never like, all right, well, let's. There's never the Bret Hart turn heel situation where like Vince shows a paper all the ba- potential baby faces and matchup he has, and all the heels on the other side that says, all right, if you go heel, you can fight. Person X, Y, and Z. If you go Y, you fa- you can face a less impressive. If you stay face, you can face a less impressive list. Like it's never that as opposed to like long term. It's always like let's just do this for the program that we have them in for the next for right now, which will last for how long? And then like after that, like who the fuck knows? Because I don't. I'm just doing it by the seat of my pants every single week anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I'm just looking at it, and then she's immediately realigned with Sasha, and yep. it's just like. With all the fans, oh, I, I actually did want to mention this. A lot of people were happy when this happened. Like, people were yeah, cheering. Yeah. People were like, finally. Uh, you know, so people were, were, were receptive to this in, in a way that, you know, when they tried to turn Becky last year, people wasn't having that shit. Like, okay, so my question for you is this, right? Is the cheering, is the cheering, oh, um, is it cheering like with Becky when it was like, okay, she's out here like beating up on Charlotte who get, who never gathers sympathy at all? Or is it the, this person is kind of um, treading water slash stuck in mud and this is uh, the jolt and I also got to be here to witness it? I think it's some huh. of that. I think it's mostly that. It's like, I mean, it like it, Becky, I'm sorry, uh, Bailey and Sasha together as heels is interesting. My thing is, not necessarily what the end game is because they don't even know what the fucking end game is. We we know right. they don't know what the end game is. But what are they gonna do? What are they, what are they gonna do on the road after this? Because like you already see where they're headed for this. Like they're turning Charlotte babyface. That's never a good idea. Never. No history of success uh, with Charlotte as a babyface. Like it just doesn't work. Like Charlotte Charlotte's best success as a babyface ever is like her versus Oscar. After Oscar won uh, the Royal Rumble, that's it. That's it. Everything else has been like people, you know. She's oh, she's OP or it, it, she's either OP or like the shit situation happened with the Iconics jumped her and then Carmella cashes in and like it was supposed to lead to some chase for Charlotte. In, but it in, didn't. She just kind of like yeah, left and went away and was you know she had some you know she was off some personal time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be fair, some of that stuff with, with that not working out was on injury and not actually WWE's bad booking. That so like we can't blame everything for that, but like they ran they like when that happened while that was happening, like the Becky thing popped up and it was like do turn and everyone thought like somebody's gonna turn on the other 
Like Charlotte's gonna, this is great. Charlotte's gonna turn on Becky, and then Becky's gonna be a big baby face that chase down the evil Charlotte who just won, who just double crossed another friend, uh, chose another title over a friendship. Instead, she still chose the, the title over her friendship, and they still want to be friends. And then like they said, wanted to turn Becky heel, even though like they were headed towards Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania, which would have meant Charlotte need to be baby, need to be a heel anyway to make it work. So it's like they just. They just fought their fans throughout that whole entire situation. And but anyway, back to the Becky thing. Or I'm sorry, the uh, the Bailey thing. I mean, they're going to do a tag match right between uh, the four horsewomen. Uh, was that this week? Yeah, coming. Right, w- would have been a nice, uh, you know, main event for Evolution Two or something like that. But apparently, that's not happening. So. Um... Yeah, this is. I don't think this has ever happened before on the main roster, like a tag team match between uh, the four horsewomen. Um, Not to my knowledge, and I probably would, I would, would remember something like that. Um, I don't know. The um, the idea of like Bailey, like you know, her whole thing was like Becky's not going to outshine me, and then immediately she's linked with Sasha. It's like, uh, I I almost would have been more interested in Bailey on her own, like as a heel. Um, I don't know if her promos are strong enough for that to work. Like, I mean, obviously, you look at what Sasha Sasha's talking segment with Becky interacting with Becky on Monday was, and it was better than pretty much for most of the stuff she's done um, for her time on the main roster as babyface. But um, we also have seen Sasha as a top notch talker as a heel in NXT before. Um, so. Bailey's always been, you know, not a not a not a good promo person. She's sometimes she she's been able to hold in the road especially uh before, but not like she's she's not no John Cena. Right? So as a heel, uh, maybe maybe she gets more comfortable by saying mean nasty things and get easy cheap heat or whatever else, but um who knows? Like I mean cause obviously it's harder to make people uh like you than dislike you. And I think people want more of the real person behind Bailey right now. I think she would be whatever that is. Do you yeah, know what that is? That, I mean, it's obviously not a a large adult cartoon hugger <laughs> person. So like, like I think people want a more authentic personality like from her. I think like that would be the best way to kind of like you know be like hey I you know Sasha's whole thing is like hey I'm doing this for the money and all this stuff now. Bailey needs to I need to know Bailey's motivation for like being a heel essentially now. So well. Uh, the way she sort of has, has explained it so far is that like I'm not being a heel or I'm delusional oh, that, in that, that I'm a baby shit. face that thinks sorry oh that dumb shit yeah she is I'm delusional in thinking that I am still I haven't changed my I mean, I, and I, all I'm doing is being loyal to Sasha that's really what they've said is for like so like so there's still possessed. rope there in that like <laughs> there's still some rope in like Sasha betrays her and you get sympathy on her and she treats her really bad and then like or whatever else like. I mean, they've they've done so much bullshit with Sasha and Bailey, especially like eighteen months ago. That I'm just like, whatever. Or sorry, a year ago, I'm just like, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I would be more interested if they were apart. But um, we did mention uh, there is a tag team match between the four horsewomen. It is part of WWE returning to Madison Square Garden for um, 
uh, Raw and SmackDown on back-to-back nights. Uh, they're calling in uh, The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, they're loading the shows up. Uh, I believe there's a Cedric Alexander AJ Styles match uh, set for Monday. Uh, there's you know the King of the Ring finals uh, or semifinals on both shows. Uh, so uh, I think, and also Rey Mysterio versus Grand Metalik on uh, Monday. Which should be pretty interesting. I mean, um, it, it would be nice. Uh, it's nice to see Grand Metalik pulled out the mothballs um, because, <laughs> you know, don't matter what company he's in, CMLL, New Japan, WWE, somehow one of the best wrestlers in the world has trouble getting booked or used or, you know, pushed. So, um, yeah, man, like I, I know neither show like sold out. You know, I think there's a com- combination of, of uh, you know, WWE not, you know, being the strongest product, you know, this year, as well as those uh, ticket prices, which have been said to be really high. Um, SmackDown's not close. Raw's, you know, Raw's doing better. Um, but with Austin, Austin's not sell- selling you out like I, you know, but, I mean, what is Austin supposed to do? Is Austin, what's Austin going to do besides, and also we just saw him like less than two yeah, months ago. That, that's that's where I was going with this. So like, okay. you know, the, they keep bringing these people back within shorter and shorter amounts of time and not really using them in anything meaningful. Um, we don't know what the Undertaker is going to be set to do, but he's not on the next pay-per-view. So... I don't know what what the, what the deal is there. You know, Austin, he's he's moderating a contract signing. How exciting is that, really? And he was just here for Raw Reunion, a.k.a., you know, remember how good I treat y'all uh, from Vince. Don't y'all dare take none of Tony Khan's money uh, for any reason. <laughs> but I, I, I think these are, you know, these are proving ground shows here um, because WWE – uh, says Madison Square Garden is their building, it's their home turf. Uh, you know, it, so I think they're gonna be trying to send a send a message this week. Would you agree? I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, who are they sending? I mean, they're they're the standard of uh, they're the standard operation in the industry. So it's like, who are you trying to prove that you still got it to besides yourself? And like, if that's what you need to do to try to reassess where you are as a company. Fine, like you know, it's always good to have some type of you know self evaluation that sort of thing or internal scouting all that sort of thing. But like, as far as uh, you're gonna show, we're, we're gonna show you by going out there and, and and you know and doing some things that are probably gonna be interesting, some things that are probably gonna be flat, some things that are probably gonna, not gonna make sense. Like, nah, like that's not gonna do it for me. I mean, but you know, that's not necessarily what they're going for. It's all about what Vince wants, and that's fine. But like, if he's running into the ground like he has the last two years, then that that should speak for itself. So, I mean, I just I, I don't know, man. Like, I are you planning to watch these shows? I was not planning to watch the show until the fucking um, tag match. And so once they put on once they put on the horsewoman tag match, I was like, "Fine, you got me, Vince. I'll watch your fucking TV." Um, so so yeah, like, and I'll write up show notes. And if it's if it's not good, it's not good. Like, and if it's good, it's good. I give it its due. Like, I'll write up the notes just like I normally do whenever I watch watch a show. Yeah, um, I, I'm interested in seeing that match. So I at some point I'll. Uh, 
I, I would have to kind of probably avoid like because if I hear it went horribly wrong, I'm not gonna go watch it. But so I'm like, man, do I watch it in real time? Do it? Do I really take the the do do I do I bite the bullet and and put WWE raw on? I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out within myself. I mean. I mean, to be honest, honestly, with WWE right now, like for Raw anyway, like Raw's biggest problem is that it's still three hours. Like it's not like yeah. the quality of the show. It's a good enough show. It's just it's three hours, and it's like, nah, I'm not sitting through three hours, bro. Once like I, once like I'll I hear about whatever's that. on the show, and I'll and I'll hear something good about it. And there's a lot of good so far right or right now recently, but. It's just like I'm not sitting through three hours with commercials, so I will I will download whatever else that I that I'm interested in watching, and that'll be that. Yeah, once I got off that narcotic, like of watching Monday Night Raw and giving it up all summer, I find it really hard to um, find myself to sit through a three hour show unless it's like a pay per view or Bruh, a big show. The only shit I'm sitting through for three hours is like. Avengers Endgame. I'm not seeing three like or a pay per view. That's it. Send me three hours to watch. You know, like uh, Daniel Br- Daniel Bryan getting his asshole by his goon that he was covering for, even though oh like he thought. I'm not sitting through that for three hours. Like Smack. Luckily, SmackDown is two hours. But like, if that was on on Raw, no, not happening. Not doing it. Yeah. Um. Oh. So. A show, you know, we were talking about that the length of shows, and of course, you know, uh, NXT is moving over to, you know, the USA Network to go head to head with uh, whatever AEW is going to call their show. But the first two weeks of what the are we show, looking to name on that show? I would think it would have been out by now, but um, we- I would expect the news to break. Like I would think um, this week, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, bro, we're they're, like they're under a weeks month. out, right? Yeah, we're we're under a month away. So like, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, you know, I. Maybe they're trying to get copyrights, you know, landed on it or something. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> these are NXT, look, these are copyrights, not visas. This should be happening faster. Yeah. Um, so NXT, of course, is trying to get the jump on them, and they're going to the USA Network on September 18th. Of course, they've got some things in mind for um, you know the shows as far as like matches and you know a couple of things and you know that are left over from the last tapings. So. There are going to be live shows, but some news came out, which is really weird. For those two weeks, the USA Network will only be showing the first hour live, and then people will have to take their asses over to the WWE Network for the second hour. This sounds so inconvenient. They bogus right now. They're really bogus right now. Why? It's, um, like, like, it's like, just wait till October 2nd and, and, and do it with your chest. We know well, what you're doing. Well, I don't even... I, well, the thing is, I don't know like what the, the malfunction is on this or the failure on this is on the side of WWE or USA Network because obviously USA Network had to okay the date, the start date. And when they okay the start date, like they also had to realize that, oh yeah, like our most successful show that's not WWE is like running in that time slot specifically so now nah, you don't get that second hour like it, it like clearly this was all thrown together so fast between the, the negotiations between um fs1 and their issues with uh blacking out some of those dates for um 
for Biggie's basketball and then this like this all hastily done in like USA like they love them something man television so like of course they said yes and like they loved it so much they're like oh my god we forgot that our second biggest show Look, actually has to be wrapped up first so they this is just you know, this more is, proof of if you ever see anyone log onto the internet and say this was the natural progression for NXT and this no. was all planned out and no. they're not doing this for any other reason but themselves no they are lying to you or being disingenuous. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the, th- and the thing is, like, it's not like NXT wasn't there. Like, it's not like they haven't put U- or NXT on USA before. Like, it actually pulled in like nine hundred thousand viewers and close to or almost somewhere between nine hundred and a million viewers before. Like on on like a Christmas thing before. Like, so clearly this is something they've thought about before. But like, it was just like how they rolled out NXT UK. Like, oh, like um. The uh, the was it what was the shit what was the shit they were doing yeah the world sport of sports like world of sports come out let's do something to get into the market to compete because we we want every single dollar right and like once once there was a need to counter program or compete like that's when that's when um the stakes raised like it wasn't it was something they were actually like that crazy about doing just yet even though like. They had months and months we, we, and months of footage. They had, of they had a year, Rich. Yeah. They didn't have months. They had a year. Like, those, that FS, or Fox, uh, that Fox deal was signed, what, like 12, 14 months ago? Yeah. 15 months ago? Yeah. Like, so that people were talking to them, or people were, were talking about it on the, you know, Meltzer and whoever else were talking about that stuff for months. Like, yeah, I remember doing one of the conference calls. You know, Triple H does the, the NXT TakeOver conference call, like, you know, typically the Wednesday before. Or, or Thursday before going into that Saturday for TakeOver. And somebody actually asked him about that. He was like, nah, it's nothing we never really, like, discussed yet. And obviously, you know, Triple H could have, be, could have been bullshitting you, but, like, put up a statement of, nah, that's something we've never really, like, have even gotten in, into real talks about yet. And then, now all of a sudden, like, it's slapdash. Here it is two weeks in front, two weeks in front of, after this show announced, uh, months at, uh, before then, it was like, okay, Sure. <laughs> we, sure, they, that was always the plan to yeah. drop September, even though like all the all of the season stuff more or less is starting in October, like everything else is. Yeah, right. Starting in September. Inc- yeah, right. Incredible, sure. absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> but shouldn't even, ma- shouldn't even mention when with fall lineups uh, in the way that they used to. Like this was like five years ago, whatever else. When like you used to have a fall to a fall through summer uh, TV schedule that runs similar to. Um, like a school year, like a public school year. This would be the like, first week coming up. Generally speaking, or probably a couple weeks later. Then, but now it's just changed. Now everything because of you know Netflix and everything else, like shorter seasons. So there's like now, like that's that's different now. And then reality TV doing shorter episodes spans all that stuff. It's different now. So like it was October. We know it was October. You put it in September. Something was up. Yeah. You look bogus right now. You know. Um, and and, and, and look. For the record, if I was running WWE, I'd do the exact same fucking thing. Actually, if I was WWE, this wouldn't happen because I would already got my show on TV. I would have gotten that bag for FS from FS1 or whatever else uh, to get NXT on TV by now. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> but um, the um, yeah, moving on. Um, 
So AEW announced their next pay-per-view. Tickets went on sale. I do not believe it's all, all the way sold out yet, but it looked on pace to sell out already. Uh, the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view, it looks like it's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, they got three big matches booked, and I presume a fourth will be the Tag Team Championship Final. You'll probably get a women's title defense there as well. Um, main event for the AEW Championship uh, will be Jericho and Cody. Uh, of course, we'll have Kenny Omega and John Moxley and the match that got pulled off of All Out. And then Pac versus Page uh, looked to be the three matches there. So right off rip, I'm liking all three of those matches on paper. Um, and I, I think this is probably going to be another good show uh, to, to look out for. It was, you know, some, uh, you know, stuff that sprung up. Of course, you know, people were upset that. Uh, well, yeah, and when, when I say people that are upset, you guys will know exactly who I'm referring to, uh, with Jericho and Cody being announced, uh, you know, quote unquote, without a story, without, you know, doing it and quote unquote, undercutting their TV. And of course, uh, Jericho, you know, will actually be defending the title before this will be defending the title on the third show. So we don't know who's getting that shot yet. Uh, did you catch any, any of this stuff? And, and what do you think about the card, uh, so far, James? Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I feel like anyone with a brain would have figured out Cody was getting the next shot, but apparently not. I mean, like, if you have a top five, you can't, like, the only other person they could have uh, possibly made, like, to be the first challenger would have been Moxley. But uh, I wouldn't have done that because, like, you had, you just had the thing right there. So, yeah, you still have Moxley versus o- uh, Omega right there to do. And honestly, like, if you, if you ask me, like, I, 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 I would main event Moxley versus versus Omega instead of uh, Jericho versus Cody because we know which one's going to be the better match, and we know which one is actually you know more over uh, as a matchup. So like you know it is what it what it is with them. Like um, as far as people that that hated the Cody thing, it's like Cody. You watch these shows. Cody's the most over person on these shows, and if he's not, he's like he's 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 either top two or top three every show he's on as far as being over. Like. Look, people in that crowd love that fucking nonsensical match that he just did on uh, on last Sunday or last Saturday. I didn't dig it, but they loved it. And look, that's that's part of the thing. Like people are showing up, to, people are showing up to go see Cody. So, like he's one of the top guys. And top guys get title shots. Yeah, and, and I think you know people have problems with this. Like as far as you know, he's a EVP and all this dumb shit. Like you know, he's he's Jeff Jarrett. He's you know all this other shit. But he's trying to put the belt on himself. It's like honestly. The promotion is called AEW, right? It stands for All Elite Wrestling. Isn't Cody Elite? I, that's where I was going with this. So oh, okay. the, the E stands for Elite. If if it wasn't for the Elite, this promotion probably wouldn't exist. Like, if you don't have the Young Bucks, Kenny, <laughs> Cody, and, and all these guys, it's like, there is no AEW. Who do you expect to the, them to, to be putting on top? Are, are you doing uh, Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian at the next pay-per-view? <laughs> Are you doing Chris Jericho versus the Jungle Boy already? Hey man, hey man, that, you rude, bro. Shout out to Frankie K, bro. Shout out to Frankie. <laughs> Shout out to Are you doing Chris like Jericho versus Jimmy Havoc next month because he won the Cracker Barrel Clash? No, you're not doing that. You imbeciles. So, 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 basically, what you just did is you did two things. Like you just shouted on idiots, and also you found a way to get the Antonio Brown Mayock thing in by throwing a Cracker Barrel. Good job. That that's 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 that's. That's that's some next level. Boy, you are you are a damn devil. Diabolic. Like, 
You know, like, but, so, like, what do people expect? Like, do, do these people not expect? Like, do they know how big of stars these guys made themselves? Like, they made themselves crossover stars without national television, without any type of whatever. Like, like we've never seen an entity like the elite outside of the WWE that is not in a major promotion like that in America. Right, that were moving tickets, getting crossing over, and getting in hot topic. They they had all this shit going. Like, (laughs) my thing is this, right? And and they're supposed to turn around and put someone else. My my thing is this, right? If you get beyond the all elite thing, it's like who are your top guys in the company? Who are your most over people? Right. One of them is Cody. Okay, so then he can get a title shot. Oh, and also like he's he's undefeated in like we're so far there are only a few people that are undefeated in singles matches. He's one of them. So this person's undefeated, this person's super over. Uh this person more or less is the heart of the sh- uh, the heart of the of the company as far as uh, of the promotion so far, as far as the emotional uh attachment to the product. And he's speech man for the company. Right, it's like it may like look I understand he's also an EVP or whatever else. I get that. Like I understand the politics at play and all that sort of thing. But like, he he's one of, he's the most over guy right now, and like it is what it is. And also like, no one's saying he's gonna win the title. And even if he did, who gives a shit? Like he's one of the most over guys in the company. Like we talk about this with any other company. Will you like them to go the the Ring of Honor route? Where it's like, okay, you have the most over guys in the company and you don't push them. Jeff Cobb loses seven minutes to Matt Taven. Uh, Bandito loses losing lose the U.S. I'm sorry, not U.S. The TV title to Shane Taylor. That that's what you want to do? Oh, Flip Gordon, we'll make you uh we'll make you the second in command to to Villain Enterprises. Marty, you're the most over guy in the company for like ever since uh, everybody else left. All right, here here how about this for you? You'll never win the title, and then we'll give you a, we'll make a a, 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 we'll a stable for you, and then you just we'll give you these trio titles that mean fucking nothing except for the fact that you have them. Like, you want to do what Ring Honor is doing? Because I can tell you right now, that ain't the way. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but um, <laughs> you quote Ti, that is not the Harris way. Yes, um, yeah, um, yeah. The, I, the, just some of the some of the talk is just. Uh, and I believe it was Joe Lanza that, or it, it may have been Joe or Rich, said AEW is is the most hyper like like everything about it is analyzed and yeah. like literally like people are going to the lighting on the shows to, to how it's shot like it's it's insane right. Well, to be fair, well to be fair, like as far as the way it's shot, I mean, are you talking about like camera direction? Are you talking about the way it's shot? I don't know, just like just general. Because look, because look, their camera look, look, their, their camera direction stinks, and their and like their cameramen, they also miss like every third fucking dive too. So like, I mean, I I have critiques as well. And I mean, you look at the show we did with with Chad last week. There are plenty of legitimate critiques to be had about AEW, but like, they're doing more things right than wrong. So like, people and use and your and common it, sense. I'm, I'm saying, like, look, this isn't WWE where they burn you a bunch. It's just, like, these are butthurt WWE fans that are upset about being picked on. They identify with WWE, and that's fine. Like, look, I love WWE, too. I wish they were better. That's that's all I hope for. I hope that they do better, and I and I do appreciate the fact that they are, have done better than they, what they were doing, Um, like, let's say when Jenner was champion or, or like, the, the, the end of last year. And I, we talk about that all the time, but it's, like, it's okay to, like, be able to – Get outside of your fucking feelings and be like, all right, like let's let's look at some things and think about like what are they doing well, what are they not doing well, could what could they do better? Um and 
Like you can do that all with AEW, just like you do that with WWE if you want to. But if you want to keep score like that, AEW has is doing slight is doing better in WWE so far right now. It's fine. Like they don't have the history of all and all the biases of them doing Vince doing all the fuck shit over decades. They're, they have a fresh slate. Like if you, so like that's it's a little it's a little easier for them right now. Like now once time gets on them and they're on TV, then we'll start seeing like that's when the rubberies roll. That's when we'll see if they'll actually like build a real live women's division. Like if they'll make sense of. <clears throat> Uh, of uh, the librarian shit, or they just drop it, or whatever else, or however they handle like someone like Luchasaurus, or whatever. We'll see. Right. Um, one thing I would like in AEW is a trios division with a belt. <laughs> um, you know, I, I ran a Twitter poll um, over the weekend, got over a hundred votes on it. So thank you guys for, for voting. Um, what belt would people rather, a trios belt or a TV belt? So. The TV belt got the win, 59% to 41. And I am here to tell all of you 59% why you are categorically wrong and we should be moving towards the trios championships in AEW. Okay, state your case. So, in America and around the world for, you know, that matter, there's only one place that has, you know, a history of, like, solid trio stuff right and that's in mexico mm-hmm. you look at new japan they're never uh six man open weight belts like they might as well like lose them belts like chris jericho did like just just, just leave them in the middle of rapungi and and you know do whatever <coughs> i for for aw i'm looking at is how can they be different how can they do something wwe is not doing how how can they do something new japan's not doing well that mm-hmm. would be build a real live important trios division they already have the the people in place and you know i i kind of mentioned this on twitter there's a, a lot of different alliances that have been formed that are like hinting at it's right under our nose it, it's sitting there the, the second they want to do it uh um, right they had orange cassidy hook up with the best friends they had um you know scu they have jurassic express they have the elite they have jericho teaming up with two people we don't know who they are yet uh santana and ortiz just came in you can easily link them with someone um and you know you've got other various heels on on the thing you can you can put Pac with 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 uh santana or or ortiz or something like that uh of course you got owe hanging around um right the strong hearts right strong hearts and then you know you, you can give uh, Spears or Darby Allen, you know, somebody like that, different things and make that, like, you can get more people on the show and protect singles matches. You can do a, a real thing that's unique to North America. And for me, a TV title would just be, like, an idea that's already been seen. It's inherently less important than the world title match rather than being different. Like, and that's what, what the... What I think the main draw of the trios division would be, it would be it's different than the tag team division. It's different than the world title division. And you can fit a lot of people in it, especially if you're looking at these AEW pay-per-views to where we they've got a lot of talent, and but they're not going to be able to get everyone on every card, especially every four months. So putting six guys there and actually you know doing something with a six-man thing that's really important and treat it that way. And, and gotcha. if it's one thing that AEW's done already, it's like, all right, you know, well, <laughs> like, the stuff they want to be important usually is, you know, aside from, like, ha- Adam Page, like, in his buildup. <laughs> but, you know, he, 
like they present it well. They make you feel like, hey, this is a big deal. This is, you know, right. whatever. Right. I think the trios division would just be very unique, and then you can always, you know, put guys there and save matchups that you actually want to draw with. Okay. So, uh, I don't. I don't really have a. If you ask me, what uh, I rather, I prefer that they do neither. Honestly, um, but I, I'm a, I'm afraid that if you do if they do a trios belt, it's only a matter of time before they like cave in and do a mid card belt anyway. So it's like, all right, so gonna have so they're gonna have they're gonna end up fucking around and having too many belts, just like everybody everybody else in the world has too many damn belts, and I I I'd rather them not do that. So for me. Like, like the faction warfare stuff with the stable warfare, or whatever else, but like in basically having like their own versions of shield matches, like that'd be cool, and have title stakes amongst it with all the people you mentioned with with great or uh, with strong hearts and SCU and um and the elite, that'd be awesome. Um, but like I watch trios wrestling like every single week on Stardom, and like it's good, but. I'm afraid that like they're gonna only have so many factions that to where it's like it's not an actual division, it's just faction warfare. And if it's just faction warfare, then why do you need a belt to begin with? As opposed to there's gonna be so many like uh MJFs, Adam Pages, uh Jungle Boys, Darby Allen's, Janella's, Havocs that like I don't know, maybe, like, you showcase somebody and then it turn into your legitimate, like, workhorse belt and, and, like, that person's went out there and killed it for a month and after they lose, they move up to the main, they move up to the main or they move up to a, being a contender for the title after that. Like, So are you talking about more world title matches on TV, possibly? Because, like, you know. No, no, no. I mean, like, if you do, like, if that's, if they turn the U.S. belt, into, if they, if they were in theory to use the U.S. belt as, their mid card belt as opposed to they're gonna have a US belt or some intercontinental belt or yeah, whatever or whatever. Belt. Like they use it as their actual secondary belt. That could be like that could be in theory what like we all as kids grew up thinking in the nineties about like what the intercontinental belt was were like. You were a workhorse, you went out there and like you kind of proved that you were worthy of moving up the ladder into the main event scene or or the championship title picture. Like that could be a thing. Um and have merit to it because that dude went out there every single television show and busted their ass. As opposed to, and I feel like that might be able to be a better way to spotlight and highlight somebody's growth um, as a star. As opposed to, like we're just gonna have we ha- we're gonna have like the most loaded tag division maybe ever um, on TV, and then we're also like gonna like sometimes shuffle them off and put them in three uh, in, in three ways. And it's like most of those will be about like the feud more than the belt anyway. So it's like I don't I, I'm I'm confused. I'm weird on the draw. Like maybe they maybe there's I'm sure there's a different way to do it than how like let's say stardom does or whatever. But that's my only full familiarity with the trio titles. Mm-hmm. Aside of like uh Best in the World two thousand eighteen with Flip Gordon, like with that shit they did at uh at Ring Honor. So like that's kind of I'm <laughs> I'm kinda of not really in love with trios. Like I think it's cool as um but I don't I'm not really thinking that's something that like I can you know, will be something that's as creative or as useful or much of a benefit. I mean, it's something to do, but I mean, what is it? You know, it is what it is. Like they can go either, but like if you ask me, like one, the other, or none, I'd, I'd probably go with none. <laughs> well, that's not right. fun. Um... I, 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 you're right. That is no fun, but it's like I don't. 
I don't. I just don't want to be too many titles. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. Like if if you have a roster and you keep like dividing it up and having them separate more and more and more, that's like it leaves you. It gives you as a booker or booker since they're the EVPs. Like they, they this leaves you with like less um, less variety of things to choose from on how to build people or or, or options. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's go. No fun. Yeah, no fun. No, the no fun James boy, the the Sam Mushnick, um, <laughs> you know, influence. You know, that Every, is everyone, fair. Everyone stone faced. That's fair. I do tend to think quite, you know, conservatively when it comes to like don't fuck, like don't fuck it up. Like all I'm saying is like don't fuck it up. That's just that's all I'm. I'm just booking to not fuck it up. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> So, uh, we've got another topic, but it actually kind of goes with um, one of the questions. So, we'll, we'll work that in. And I'm sure you guys uh, are listening to the show. You guys know if you follow me on Twitter what happened this week. So, we will be talking about Mr. Bully Ray a little bit later. So, uh, first question comes from Ricky, though, from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. What's up, Ricky? Um, you know, I, and I, and Ricky like uh, has been you know badgering James for the uh, I guess some what what something happened with you guys' fantasy draft and Matt Ryan, what what, what happened there? Okay, so like uh, no one cares about the people fantasy team, so I'll make it real quick. Um, we were in a two hundred dollar fantasy football league. There were sixteen players um, per each team, so um, I spent my money on running backs and receivers like you probably should or whatever else. Um, so I ended up buying, uh, I ended up uh, acquiring uh, Saquon Barkley. I also acquired Ezekiel uh, Elliott. So like by me spending basically $100 on both of them, I was like left cash strapped. So I was like, or cash strapped. So I waited um, on quarterbacks, you know, like quarterbacks, unless they can run now these days, like they're not that valuable. So like the people that go first are now are like Deshaun Watson's and, um, and, and Cam Newton's and, uh, and Mahomes or whatever. And then like, you have like, you know, pocket passes are probably going to MVP anyway, like Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, uh, Brady, those guys kind of still, those guys are like the second tier guys now, third tier mm. guys. So, uh, I ended up in a situation where, like, I could have uh, I spent my money because I'm trying to compete, obviously, and <laughs> Matt Ryan was still available for one dollar, so it was my time to bid for to to send you know to auction or send a player up for auction. Um, I had like three dollars left at that time. I'll spend one dollar on uh, on Matt Ryan. The timer goes all the way down. And then all of a sudden, last second, it got to like one or two seconds, and all of a sudden, he put in two dollars, and I, I had no more money. So I was <laughs> furious. A, a quarterback, yeah. So or, or the other was, or thing was something like he spent three dollars. There's three dollars. I had like a couple bucks left. So basically, I bid me when I had very little money, and he ended wow. up getting Matt Ryan. So I was like, "You asshole!" Like, and he already had a quarterback. He already had a starting quarterback. He has to pick him up a backup. I'm like, "You asshole!" Like, <laughs> all right, you got me. So then he started talking about like, you know, I'll trade you. I'll trade you. Uh, so you, he started doing the, the rich a lot of where you do absurd trades. So he offered me uh, a post trade of Matt Ryan for Saquon Barkley. And then I promptly told him to go fuck himself. Gotcha. So okay. that, that's, yeah, that that's the story. So, and then Matt Ryan went out there and was fucking trash this week. <laughs> <laughs> so who really won? <laughs> and I, so I, so I ended up settling for, I ended up selling for Tom Brady for $1 instead. Yeah. And uh, Tom Brady is about to go get Antonio Brown, <laughs> who's also on my team. So who really won? <laughs> you tell me who 
really won. <laughs> and, I got, and I got Gronk for a dollar. Cool. In case oh. Gronk wants to unretire for your boy, come play on time. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. So, Ricky asks, do you expect Tony Storm to be on NXT America uh, full-time come September 18th? Come, come September. Mm, I imagine. I I obviously see her doing that um, eventually because uh, the word is right now is that NXT UK cares. They have to go to NXT first before they can move to the main roster. It can't just be P done like you were the most consistent performer in WWE the last eighteen months. Just go to the main roster. It's you gotta you know transition. Um, so. You know, if that's the case, and she just lost the belt to uh, Kaylee Ray, there's really not much more for her to do right now. I mean, and then you look at uh, what the women's division is in NXT, like with they have an overabundance of heels, they can use a baby face to come in, um, an extra baby face to come in and, and help out with trying to even the load up and also freshen up the matchup. Because, like, Bianca's not really doing anything. Like, she has a, uh, a number one contenders match um, for, I think, the first episode of uh, of. NXT on USA, but outside of that, she's kind of been not really doing anything since uh, they used her to put over Mia to get her ready for um, TakeOver Toronto 2. I, what, what I think is going to end up happening is, you know, they're going to crown that number one contender on the 18th, do the title match uh, the October 2nd, and then I think Shayna retains, and then Tony Storm will debut by walking out after on the October 2nd show uh, in NXT. So, um, about time. Uh, she probably should be on the main roster, being a star, but whatever. Probably, um. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Man, look. I mean, I don't know how much. I don't know what the situation is, but like, if look, they brought in Lacey, they brought up Lacey Evans and put her in the title and immediately put her in the title sh- uh, picture. Like, sorry, like Lacey Evans, like she. She, I, I'm not. I'm not writing her off as far as saying she's worthless because she obviously obviously brings like a physicality and a look to the table, and like she's not afraid. Like her physicality is something that like translates, but she's green as grass, and she ain't ready yet. Like Tony Storm is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Like she's proved it over to. She. I mean, she's proved it over running through stardom. She's proved it, you know, it's like she's proved it uh, in progress and everywhere else. Like, she's proved it in two Mayon Classics. Like, now would be the fucking time, just like it would have been a year ago or, you know, even before then. Like, yeah. Um, so, next question comes from Guy Elijah Simmons. What's up, Guy? He says, should Austin or The Undertaker put Wyatt over on Monday or Tuesday? Uh, so, every time Bray Wyatt has been appearing, he's been beating on a legend he's beat up mick foley beat up jerry lawler uh so out of austin and taker who who should it be okay so i would say if if i had to pick somebody if i had to i say you take out i say he goes on takes out undertaker um and then you set towards a match Again, a match at you know Royal Rumble WrestleMania, and then they have a match, and then Bra- and then Bray beats him and retires him. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or he goes away for a long time. Yeah, right? I, I would think like for me, I don't need to see the Undertaker WrestleMania anymore. But um, 
I'm saying if I had to choose one, like I wouldn't do it at like, the Royal Rumble. Like, I don't like, like, like he's gonna, like Austin's gonna Austin's gonna show up and then get choked out for for the Bray Wyatt of all people. Fuck no. Yeah. That man left. That man left because he didn't want to put over Brock, Brock Lesnar for no reason. He's he's going to put over Bray Wyatt. So, I think Bray Wyatt is going to end up getting the Universal Title because he's getting that title match at Hell in a Cell. If right. you want to go ahead and really get him hot, I think you do it to Austin. Um, I and I think the the Fiend thing. People are really into it. It seems like it's way hotter than Seth Rollins. I'm putting the Universal Title on Bray Wyatt. I mean, it's not like he he's like just some foreign guy like that is like like and by by foreign I mean like he's not a guy with like no type of history like of being someone in the company, right? It's not like they're strapping up like Jinder Mahal in 5 weeks or something. Right. This it's guy, a former it's a former yeah. WWE champion. Yeah. And you can immediately flip that title to Wyatt and, and and make it interesting with the Fiend and the red belt with the aesthetic and all that. Was Put it, it on him. Is, and just, I think I think it's interesting. I think it's you know, I think why it's like he was he looked really good at SummerSlam. People lost their shit, uh, and that doesn't need to be seen every week uh, leading up to it. You can wait. You can have him do what he does to either Austin the Undertaker and then say I'm waiting for the winner at Hell in a Cell. And yeah, I think that's the that's the direction. My my pick would be Austin. So all you got to do is take a mandible claw. So uh, it ain't like he got to take a bump or nothing. So <laughs> um, next uh, question, uh, Dan, he says, how would you fix Ring of Honor? I'm glad you asked, Dan. Jesus. First, I would close the doors. Um, that was like... <laughs> You dumb as hell. <laughs> so, uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, funny story. So on Twitter this week, um, it, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I woke up in the morning and I was, uh, you know, scrolling through the wrestling timeline and just thinking about it. And I saw something about Ring of Honor just like struggling uh, for tickets, which uh, I ended up seeing on uh, Saturday night. It looked bad, y'all. And I was like, Man, why doesn't anyone ever call into Busted Open Radio and ask Bully Ray why he ran ROH into the ground? Why do I do it like that? I, I just tweeted a question out to my followers, and I'm not going to at Bully Ray because that, that, that seems kind of early to uh, harass someone uh, with, with some type of question like that. That's kind of a heavy question that, that if you know you were to at someone, that's that, I don't think that's a nice way to begin someone's day. But Mr. Bully Ray... Um, shows up <laughs> and replies by vanity searching himself uh, and he tells me uh, I'm looking for the exact tweet right now I don't want to uh, you know get, get his words uh, mi- mixed up here so I basically asked you know why you know no one calls in for him he asks uh, hold on he didn't delete it, did he? He might have deleted it. Really? He might have deleted it. No way. Anyway, I think I've got screenshots anyway, so I can find it really quick. Okay, no, I got it. Uh, he says, then why don't you call in and ask? He did delete it, though. Um, I, I wow. happen to get it. You know, He said, why don't you call in and ask? And then I can tell you to stop reading dirt sheets because they are rotting your brain. Coward. So... Can I or do you want to go? 
You, I mean, you you can start first, and now you know I'll let people know what I did here. Okay, so you want me to call in, so you can like yell at me or or whatever you want to do, or, or run or basically clown on me while you have the you can hang up on me, you can cut out my mic, you can do whatever you want to. That that's one, right? Like yeah. he thinks that like because he's a worker, no one else else thinks thinks beyond one level. Okay, so that's one. Two. Let's say you didn't read dirt sheets. <laughs> Let's say you didn't read dirt sheets. Let's say you were someone that attended a Ring Honor show in Mad Square Garden. Yeah, that was a that was that was bet- split between. That was called the G One Supercard. That was split between split between Ring Honor and New Japan. And everything New Japan did was great, or at the, at the very least, very good. And everything Ring Honor did, aside from um, some of their uh, connect wrestlers wrestling in um, the cruiserweight match was fair to mediocre, right? So uh, you see that, and then from that moment, you get the attendance numbers, or you watch the pay per views and you see that they're over, they're like a quarter or three thirds empty all the fucking time. When you say, wait a second, so they're at a certain level where they were able to, you know, partner with a company and sell out Mad Square Garden, the Mecca, if you will. And then after that, immediately take a nosedive in attendance. Man, it's, it's when, almost like these when things you are. Say, when you say that, like, they're doing a bad job, objectively speaking, not about, <laughs> like, this person, even even if somebody we was doing something you liked and the attendance dropped off to this extent, you would say, yo, it's not happening right now. Either they have no stars or they've made no stars or no one or no one wants to watch their shit. And no one can stop the bleeding. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, it's it's been months since that show. Like, they have talented people. Just like almost every other major um, uh, American wrestling company does have. They have a a number of people that have star potential. They have not gotten anyone ready or or gotten anyone to that point. Like, so it is what it is. Um, And and as far as the coward thing is like, okay, so uh, typically speaking, right, when you talk shit to someone or say something disparaging to someone, and you don't say it to their face, they call you a coward. So, if you had actually called in, and you went back and forth with him, <laughs> he would still say, you wouldn't say it to my face, You're because you have the distance of a telephone and technology to protect you. He would still call you a coward. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, yeah. that's not that's not going to work, bro. That's and, not going to work. And, and, and I live by the, the, the mindset, like, do not bark up that tree, that tree will fall on you. And I am the tree. Um, <laughs> when it comes to this online shit or whatever, right? So, Bully Ray brings his ass into the mentions, and do not come for me unless I send for you. That it, like I didn't at you, I didn't do anything. So, since he showed up on my you know doorstep, I essentially had to t- take him out to the woodshed. So, uh, I responded. I said, one, I'm not calling in to give you content. As James mentioned, we get nothing out of it here on One Nation Radio. I get nothing out of it. It's nothing but a segment. Uh, for you to clown, to cut up, to try to embarrass me, whatever. Two, I said, I was at the garden like you were. 
Y'all got washed up to the point where your ticket maps have more blue on it than the Boise State football field, which I think was a clever metaphor, if I must say. Um, Then third, I let him know, ROH is in trouble whether I talk to you or not, and laughed in his face. And... It was it was just amazing. I got, of course, some of the uh, the busted open radio dumbasses trying to jump in the mentions, swatted them down. Um, <laughs> there was a there was one gentleman that uh, echoed the coward sentiment uh, of Bully Ray. I told him to argue with the ticket map uh, that, for, <laughs> for <laughs> and then that that was a good one as well. Um, I don't think there is an answer for ROH right now, Dan. Either you got to be big or be little. And ROH is in that weird spot to where they can't, they, they had a chance to be big. They didn't want to. There's only so much money that they're going to put into this uh, promotion. Like Sinclair's demonstrated this over and over again. They are who they are. And I think they are going to be the landing spot for <laughs> for the people that AEW and WWE and NXT don't want. Which is like very few people. But at this point, at yeah, this point, if you're, and, WWE and you're trying to make sure that like, and you're trying to put out all fires yeah. that, you know, like, yeah, like there will be very few spots for that. Yeah, you're right. And by the time a lot of these people that do have talent, like in ROH, like a Bandito or uh, even a Matt Taven, for example, um, you know, who's talented on some level. Right. Right. Um, they and, clearly see something in them. Like no one, like they're not, they're not here. They're not out here signing bums. And, like, these people aren't out here having bad matches. They're the people that have no juice, for the most part. Uh, And also being booked poorly. And and by the time all these people get to free agency, what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you you expect WWE and AEW not to have contracts ready for Marty Scroll? Like, hey, what you want? Like, do you think Bandito's going to be just, you know, wondering, whoa, you know, he's going to be twiddling his thumbs, like, ready to resign with you? No, he's about to get these offers. So, and it looks like everyone's going to be headed out, like, (laughs) from what it feels like, right? Uh, So, Bully Ray. Book a competent women's division. Start. No, 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 no. That's too big of a jump. It's too big of a jump. Right. <laughs> too big of a jump. Too big of a jump. It's too big of a jump. With your connection to stardom and the women you have available, book a mediocre division. Yes, yes, yes. And then worry about booking one that's competent. Yeah. Um. You know, try try to fill in that ticket map. Um, stop putting yourself in feuds because no one wants to see you anymore. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> he, put himself in, he didn't put himself in feuds, but he has to get people over. He didn't get flipped over. He kept flipping, he get whooping Flip's ass over and over and over and over and over, even though that dude is, is you know, can do pretty much anything in the ring, and all he is is just green and he's more more ring time, and they just beat his ass, beat his ass, beat his ass, and it's a dude that just literally got retired. They showed that he got retired by, uh, more or less, by WWE. I put him in the Hall of Fame, and he shows up, and he just dominates and runs runs rough shot over for, for six months to a year. It's like, gee, I wonder why they didn't get guy getting over. It. He couldn't beat up a guy that WWE has that the the big leagues has considered washed. You know, because I get real heat. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. Like that shit. That shit. Um, look. Step your rap game up. He did, he did a lot know. of shit in the nineties that I'm that I'm you know I I've seen some I think is some of the stuff he did was disgusting where for the, what he did uh, but I'm looking at from my perspective and being in two thousand you know being my being now with the benefit of hindsight but flat out him and Ring Honor he ain't got a soul over not not with him working matches no now he hasn't gotten a soul over Ring Honor and. 
that's part of your job, right? Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of things to do before you hop in my mentions about Ring of Honor, sir. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man. It, yeah, I I I had a fun day about four days ago uh, handling him and you know several other folks. So uh, you know, oh, yeah. I just well, wonder. It, well, and also the, the shit when people were talking to you because I saw it with uh, the the part about well he did lose the elite. What the fuck's that mean? I mean, like, that's no, no, that's true. That's fair, right? That's true and that's fair. Marty Scrolls still there. Wait, he, Marty Scrolls is still there. What happened? What's, what's the excuse for that one? Yeah. Oh, I ain't okay. got nothing on that. All right. Um, you know, I, I just hope that Bully Ray can, can bear the responsibility of selling like 200 tickets to a show uh, in a particular <laughs> to be, weekend. To, to be fair, that show that you, that you uh, showed me recently, it looked like about 300 people. Okay, it's still, so? it's still way <laughs> below what it should be, but it, it looks like about thirty. So, so, so work on getting back to five hundred first, bully. Um, you know, you know, work on yeah. not bringing fans in the back. Work, work on trying to be, work on being able uh, to outdraw stardom. Stardom is a stardom is a woman's promotion that has to do with sexism. It has to do with the fact that it is it is a, a, a smaller uh, pop marketplace to try to push for because there's like what sixty million people in in uh, Japan as opposed to three hundred million people in America. Like, and somehow, without fail, every single show they 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 they, they do more, especially the pay per views. Kurkin they are, at uh for, for Stardom they are doing anywhere from like nine high. 800s to a thousand people every Kurgan show they do. What was that pay per view that that uh that Ring Honor did that uh they did a thousand? Was it Mad Square Garden? They just had that summer showdown pay per view, but uh, I don't. I didn't do. That. I didn't do a million thousand. I did less. That probably did less than the uh, best in the world did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really bad for them, uh, y'all. So yeah. Um, you know, you, yeah, yeah. Work on that stuff, uh, and and then you can come. Oh, what makes it funnier is they have access to stardom talent. Incredible. So the next time Mr. Bully Ray wants to talk to me, he can do it right here on One Nation Radio, <laughs> not on Busted Open, not with Mark Henry, not with Dave Lagreca. Uh, you know, you know, telling you how much of a genius you are. You will get none of that, sir. You will come on One Nation Radio and get served. So consider the invite, uh, you know, had there. So anytime you want to bring it over here, I'm ready for you. So, um, yeah, Dan, as far as fixing Ring of Honor, good Lord, that's a lot to fix. So, <laughs> like, like the, yeah, like how to fix Ring of Honor is how about you book to what your fan base wants to see? The like that's a, that's the simplest, most broad term I could I could do it. Like they're trying to book for 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 a audience that doesn't exist that they don't have, and will never come and will never come back. You need to book for people you have, and hopefully, like that grows the numbers. This is not Brian Danielson's Ring of Honor. This is not CM Punk's Ring of Honor. This is not Tyler Black's Ring of Honor. This is not Nigel McGuinness's Ring of Honor. This is not and Austin Aries' Ring of Honor. This people is- are coming to see the work rate. People are not coming to see you get heat. Yeah, um, straight up. Like you look at WWE's number, dude. A lot of people are coming to see them get fucking heat. <laughs> people want to see good matches, compelling stories, and stars. It's that simple. It's 
Like that's that's that is literally like universal across like all of professional wrestling. Stop losing sight of this. Stop trying to be outsmart yourself by saying you know you know people don't want to see a high intense a high a high impact offense. People like you know, people don't want to see a Pele star. People don't want to see stars either. Like no motherfucker, get those three things done and people will come. It's not that fucking hard. Yeah, I'm, it's it's hard as far as trying to do that sort of stuff. But like as far as the blueprint, the blueprint is fucking simple. Bricks yeah. and mortar, motherfucker. Yeah, like it's- like, like literally, there's like a hundred years of pro wrestling history telling you and showing you what works. Try some of that. Fuck. <laughs> um. So Jeremy says, uh, how would you seed all the teams for the AW tag team title tournament? This is kind of difficult because I don't know Ooh. how many teams are in the tournament. I presume it's a seven team tournament, maybe because one person has a buy, you know, uh, or like Dark Order has a buy. So there has to be like, is, is that a buy to the semifinals? So I'm not sure. I know the Bucks and Private Party are there in one match. Um, I, I'm not really sure on this one, Jeremy. I'll have to, like, I'll have to, uh, you know, write down the teams, uh, or or, or figure that out and see what they got. Because you know, of course we got best friends. We've got um the Bucks. They had so many tag teams. Yeah, Private Party. We've got Santana or Ortiz, uh, Lucha Brothers. That's five right there. So, <laughs> um. I, I would I would do another big match on the first round. Uh, you can do best friends in um, in LAX for you know or Santana Ortiz uh, to give them a win. I I I'm really conflicted on who should win here. I'm still thinking well, the Bucks should win the tag team tournament here. But I'm, well, one if you're talking about seeding, like I'm assuming one of the seeds in the first round has to be um, Private Party versus uh, Evans and Helico, right? No, nah, Private Party and the Bucks are facing each other in the first round. Okay, so what is the what was the whole part about them turning heel on uh, on on Private Party then at the last show? Like, how are they going to get to that? They have to pay that off, or you or let me phrase that: a good show would pay that off. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, maybe it's a situation where you know they end up facing each other later on, but yeah, I, 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 you know, so. Uh, I, I'm not really sure about that one, Jeremy. So <laughs> we'll have to see what they do. Uh, Nicholas Guerrero has a question. He said, uh, "With Smiley Kylie Kylie Ray having to retire, who do you think will be the big women's babyface in AEW going forward?" Um, right now, if you had to ask me, I'd probably say it's Britt. Right? Like that's Britt what I would gonna... think. Sorry, that's what I would think. I mean, like it seemed like they were pushing her as like they didn't know what they were going to do with her yet. But now that Kylie's out the picture and, like, uh, there's clearly something that they're headed towards with her and B. Like, it seems like she's going to be positioned to be the top babyface. Like, I mean, in th- I mean, for the, the title match is going to be Riho, you know, fighting for her life against a monster. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much. I don't know how far they can go in with the Joshi stuff. If one, they're not actually going to do Joshi in the way that like would actually get over to his best uh, uh, at at optimal level. And also, like, if they're not going to figure out a way to get them to you get them to like buy into them emotionally as opposed to just the aesthetic. Um, outside of oh my god, like these this person is, is like you know is so desperate to win in the ring, like they have to get beyond just that. Like you have to find a way to to, to um, reach a larger audience in a way that, like, we wish that you know they would handle it better with like Oscar or Kyrie Sane on the main roster. Yeah, 
it looks like it's going to be Brit. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it was. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it's looking like Brit, like 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 pretty handily. Yeah, and like another thing is we gotta we gotta we kind of gotta see what the roster actually is as opposed to like we saw that battle roll. So like we saw names, we don't know who's actually for sure yeah, signing and who's, who's just there for do you know who's there for a date. Like I think you know I think. You know they need to they need to like kind of like get that rolled out like in the next coming weeks. Spe- well, you know first they need to find a name for the fucking show, and then after that, like they need to find, figure out like, all right, who do we actually have here, and how do we like let the people know that so they can like now try to you know get interested I, I in, in our product. I, I would definitely be trying to bring in Mercedes Martinez, lock her up quick. Um, I think you also uh, you're gonna want to look at Tennille Dashwood if that's an option. Yep. Um, and you know, whenever Tessa's deal comes up, I think you th- you make her say no. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you throw a bag at Tessa Blanchard uh, to come on in. Um, let's see, and we got another question here. As I will stall, 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 stall. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Thank you guys for listening to the show uh, as often as you do. The number's looking awesome. Um, you know, I clicked out of my questions menu here, so I'm just oh, filibustering <laughs> here, uh, you know, before, you know. You know, good, you know, good thing this is live TV and not some, or live radio and not something you can just pause and come back and find, right? Yeah, you, know. you just, just want to fill the air? Yeah, All right, cool. Fill the air, uh, you know, save, save a little bit on the editing. I can just, you know, chop this. Save on the editing, you know, like, click, drag, cut. <laughs> <laughs> or click drag delete and then press pl- and then press record and play again right um so the next question um uh out from or and i wanted to mention something quick about the kylie ray thing um something something's up no one wants to say anything um it's really weird the way tony khan took that question and I don't know. I never heard. I never heard the question. Okay, so like when Sean Ross sat basically asked like, "Hey, what's up with Kylie Ray?" And he was like, "You know, there was a release. It was amicable." And he just looked very uncomfortable when he was saying it. Whatever this is, the story eventually will be out one day. And if it's a story that needs to be told, I think people should tell it and report on it. I'm not here for this you know, this, this weird overprotection of Kylie Ray that's going on in some circles, um, you know, with due respect to her privacy or anything like that, because, you know, hearing about that line, you know, from the company and everything like that is like, I don't know, man, it, 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 that, that kind of language makes the mind go a lot of ways. So if there was some type of like health malpractice, if there was something else, you know, that, that went on or anything like that, we're waiting. Like, uh, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's like, she decided she didn't want to be there. Whatever happened, she's not there anymore. Uh, but it looked really funny. Uh, I went, when, uh, Tony Khan was asked about it. So, um, so last question from Alistair Gray he says, do titles mean anything anymore? <sighs> depends on what, sh- depends on where you're talking. Yeah. Depends on exactly uh, what James said. I think it depends on, you know, where, you know, what promotion you're talking about. Because if you're talking about the IWGP title, that means something. Um, Right. Like, if you're talking about the IWGP title, that matters. Like, the Cruiserweight title, the IWGP Cruiserweight title, that matters. The Stardom White Belt matters. 
yeah. right? Like it, it it truly depends. Like the NXT championship matters. Uh, the the NXT women's championship matters. The NXT tag team titles matter. Like it 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 you know like. It, it, it depends on what we're, what we're really talking about. Absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what he where he was getting at, or if he was this was leading questions that general ask. But like, honestly, it comes down to the promotion and how well they protect the titles. Because titles always have a chance to mean something. Uh, right. Like throughout the history of pro wrestling, I would say like titles have been used as you know ways to get people in the building. People you know have wrestlers that are working towards a goal that you want to see them finally get this thing, and it's like a mark of achievement. Um, and I think there are a lot of cases where the titles what what goes wrong with them is they they cut out why. They stop telling you why the title is important. They they get away from the history of the title because of whatever relationships. Uh, one thing New Japan does that I just adore, and I hope you know AW steals. Uh, actually, I hope every promotion steals. Is you know a video every time there's a championship match of, of the championship, they show all the past champions. Uh, and you know, I know in every case that's every you know case that isn't always possible but like have like a couple different options of videos you can play um during you know whatever like say if you grab 10 former wwe champions before the wwe title match something like that i think that would you know add a lot be like hey this is the same belt that such and such had this is the same thing like like you you remember that don't you you remember those legendary champions those good times these guys well that's going on now and i think it's a reluctance to embrace history uh because you know, even though, you know, in WWE's case, they control the history, but they control the history. Like, it's like they know the history. Like, there's only certain ways they want to frame their history, I feel like. And yeah, absolutely. They're. Vince is so. One, because, like, people, they're petty and things run a people run a foul of them or they do things that that um that other people just are not gonna just like take standing and or take laying down and like they just decide like it or there's a business relationship that is not going the way that they want so then they just pretend like you don't exist for the reason and like uh, i don't really see the long-term benefit of it at times but you know it is what it is um if you don't want to give somebody shine it's like all right just you know, not mention them or, or downplay it, but like to pretend like a motherfucker can't go to Wiki page yeah. and, and see what's there. Like, okay, like, imagine them like, playing you know the mean? WWE video and then like CM Punk being in it. Like, obviously he's being supposed to be in it, right? Like, I feel like WWE would like try to edit him out or something like that. Like, just just so they didn't have, won't have to have the picture pop up and see the fans react. And it's like something they run from. Like, it's I don't know, man. I I think yeah. I mean it's also factors. a thing because like they're. They, they, they have been in over la- been in NT over the last, uh, well, let's say t- roughly twenty years. That like they are a hill promotion. Like they do stuff. They 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 do stuff that is not necessary just to benefit whatever makes them feel good at certain points, and and not for and is never and it is usually never for the benefit of their actual fan base. Like it's never like something that makes you feel good about about the company and what's going on between like your relationship with their for, their former stars and or whatever else. So it was like you keep doing that and it's like, all right, like think about think about what happened with 
with where we were with all the heat in the end of the last year, we're like, they just basically like, yeah, Becky, Seth, Kofi, they're all winning at WrestleMania because AEW is coming and we don't want to be seen it. And we know, and we don't want to be seen as the bad guy in, in front of PR. It's like, motherfucker, that should have been the case every fucking day that you've been doing it. Not because AEW is now around, you assholes. Like, what, yeah. what kind of shit is that? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> get it together. Like, people, like, people don't. Want to watch, you know, people like shows or shows, whatever they're ran by bad people necessarily, or whatever. I'm not saying they're necessarily the most evil motherfuckers in the world. There, look, there are plenty, like, you turn on the news, there are plenty of people that are way more evil <laughs> or, or way more evil companies than motherfucking uh, WWE, right? You got, you look, you got motherfuckers selling your, inform- your information on your Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever else, right? Like, you, when, when an app is free, you are uh, the, you, you are, are the, the product. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, so, like, I'm not, so for me, it's just like, there's there's just there are steps for them to take to to where like they shouldn't have to run from their history and also like if they if they didn't do all the bullshit booking they do or whatever else and they give you the feel bad all the time or whatever else they wouldn't have to like you know pretend something happened like they won't have to pretend like General Hall wasn't their fiftieth WWE champion they, right like they could just run the thing and I have to hear about massive boos whatever else just be it is what it is because like, okay like. They they tried to give me good product as much as they possibly could, and not try to do goofy stuff to try to get me heated to want to come back and see a payoff and delete stuff and move down the line. Like it's it's you know like there's a clear difference between the way certain people book and then like you look and you just post it with like the history of like American booking, right? And it's like a lot of that garbage and stuff that like it's not just WWE was like they're the only one left standing, so like they bear the brunt of all of that stuff, they and they the, also the do it like yeah. So it's and it's, and, they, and they do it without knowing that someone else is doing it because I don't know how, how much WCW Vince McMahon was actually watching. Like he doesn't know he's making like some of the right, you but know, that doesn't mean that, but, or, right. But at the same time, doesn't mean that like all right, like let's not fa- false advertise every fucking week on social media and then yeah. pretend like you know people don't know what the deal is here and yeah. then like wonder why your 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 turnout is down. You know, and, and, like, I, and I think oh, they, they fucking with people. And, and I think they they missed up with Brock like too much in one direction to where it was like, I don't care about that universal title anymore. It's like, yo, you will just throw it off of TV for months at a time. And it's like, I don't care. Like when I when right. I see that belt, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I, I just don't right. like and, right. and it's a made up title that they pulled out of thin air a couple years ago anyway. Right. So it's like, yeah, like, yep. Like if it was. If this was if this was Brock that had a long title run and it was Brock that was like two fa- let's say before before he beat the Undertaker yeah before he broke the streak if that was that Brock that was out here holding the belt forever it was like that's cool because like, I know every time he shows up it's going to be on like it sucks that there's not a champion every single week and like what the fuck are these people these goofs actually fighting for but at the end of the day you will still say I know I'm gonna get my money whenever Brock Lesnar uh, brings his ass out here for a pay per view match, as opposed to it's gonna be some shenanigans where you split some fucker's head open legitimately, even though they're you know blood and guts. Now, now, so you know, or it's just a, it's just a glorified squash match. Yeah, or or it's just like a, a part timer prop like that that yeah. that happened. Yeah. It's that too. there's there's a lot of like ways that like I think that you know can mess titles up. A lot of stuff is chicken and egg with, with WWE, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff is like, well, are they any more guilty than other, like, previous North American or North, or American promotions or North American promotions where, like, you know, there's rough bumps in, like, every other fucking, like, AAA match? But, yeah. You but know, you're just, WCW you're just like, in 2000 changing the belt, like, 35 times and, right. you know, and you're stuff just like, like that. 
Yeah, and he was like, "What's chicken and egg here?" And like, like I, they're not all to blame, but they definitely have responsibility in like the, what their lot in life is right now. And then like contrast, like you know the the last time Brock had the belt to AJ Styles, like and you treat him like a second class champion, even though you're putting a, this guy out there for a year with the title. Anybody would think like, "Oh, a year title reign that must have been awesome," and it wasn't bad but it wasn't like great either because they right. treated him they put him in the middle of the show they made his fuse last forever they just like it was not this should have been AJ Styles running through motherfuckers displaying why he's the best that you have in this company with that belt they never gave him the main event like they they literally just like right. because, what dime, they, because like because they're trying to establish the red belt so hard that they've they they intercontinental championship their WWE title yeah, you can say that. I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, I mean, there's also the whole situation where, like, look, ultimately all this comes back to is bad booking as far as, like, they don't – wins and losses don't matter. It's 50-50 booking, so therefore, like, wins don't propel you in the way that they should if everything mattered. So, like, you know, like, you look at the Cody thing from WWE's perspective, it's like, okay, so Cody is VP and EVP, and, like, he's not getting title shot. Uh, the next title shot. Oh, look at that! Right, as opposed to like, okay, so when's the loss mattered? Like he won his, he, he just beat his feet with a dude that split his head open. Um, before that, he won, you know, what was then at that point or one of the greatest matches in uh, AEW history, short short history, very short history. Like, and the crowd loves him. Like that dude's over, therefore he should get a title shot. Like I don't, it's not that fucking difficult, but like. The only, you know, it's just, it's just really weird, like, how they do it. It's like, WWE, like, has half the idea right, but then, like, does the other half wrong, and, like, all just invalidates everything else. Like, yeah. if, there was a, if there was a consistent through point of how they do, like, their match, their booking, where they book, like, you know, programs, short-term programs on TV or whatever else, like, they absolutely get it to where, like, who's the next one contender? Okay, this person, because he's been on a win streak or or whatever else. They don't do that like in the way that they used to. Like last time they really did it and did it well was like what Ryback and CM Punk, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably other instances too. Like Ryback obviously you can Punk. say um, who? Uh, I was gonna say Ryback and CM Punk, and then right, like like think about AJ Styles, uh, his first title run, right? Like he was getting hot all outside the title picture until he was fine. It was finally by the time he hopped in it, people were ready for it and they were ready for but him. Is, he was, but the thing is. He was losing. He was like he lost WrestleMania Jericho. He lost. He never beat. Um, he never beat Roman. Roman, and then like he faced uh, Cena. He gets a DQ situation, get out, and he does a SummerSlam match where he goes over on Cena, and then immediately he's in. He's in the next title shot because he's beginning to move to SmackDown. Like, like that was not necessarily the smoothest way to get there. You could have done a better job with him, especially earlier on. But, like, it took until the John Cena thing for him to finally have the thing that validated him as being, like, a guy that actually should be at the top of card before they even got to the brand split. Like, I mean, if there was ever a brand split, like, you probably didn't even win the fucking either. Probably never was a title. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And especially with Brock around and, you know, he had to belt on reserve forever. But Yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So and, and then and then you know you get into that weird situation where you're booking people above the belt. Like so <laughs> or yeah. like yeah and then when the title's not actually the title it's the the ace role. Like there's a lot of different factors. I'm glad you sent this question in Alistair, because this is a this is like a question like it's like an open-ended branching kind of question, right? Like it it depends because you can always like 
put the belt on your top guy and you know make it a one thing but when you start trying to get cute and do things like you know I said it on this show for years, like Roman Reigns is booked above the belt, like for all these years. So when he didn't win it, it just was awkward when other people had it. And, you know, now Rollins, he's kind of getting a chance, but I think that thing is like, you know, the, the damage with Brock and that belt is just so much. It doesn't even like, I guess people are happy to see the belt every week. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, actively like watching like that, but like, I mean, Th- that was what their plan was. Like you look at what they did the last two WrestleMania builds with Brock, where it's like, uh, you know, whether it was Roman or it was um, Seth. Like the the main story that they picked up on was that people were sick of this of this like uh, absentee championship, and like they're going to be the guy that brings it back. And they both they both put on you know they they both wrote you know, said stuff that was written for them to say like i'm going to be the fighting champion it gives opportunities to all these other guys and you know the you deserve it shit or whatever else is as opposed yeah. to like i'm the best oh, motherfucker here and i want that belt and i'm tired of you yeah i mean and like there, there was some of that but like you know like the i don't want to i don't really yeah, relitigate yeah. fucking wrestlemania 35 34 again with the what they did to roman but like it just so much of that was so like not what people wanted like we want to like there was like that was something that like the some of something did was like that would have made for a good promo for one week not like based that around the whole fucking program is like oh you don't show up like they made that the whole thing is brought don't show up it's like okay how many times we're going to do that now yeah is it like in like, i love becky to death but how many times is becky going to say that like she is she is the one that climbed and scrapped, or she scrapped the more her storyline. She's scrappy, and other people don't aren't scrappy like she is. Like, as, as opposed to building on like you know our personal vendettas, and I think they've done a good job with Becky and Charlotte, or Becky and Charlotte, Becky and Sasha so far. But like with wrestling moving at the pace that it does, it's faster than ever, and wrestling has always been something that moves pretty fast. Like there's a shelf life to everything and like the shelf life is getting faster while they're like not adjusting to the fact that there's a shelf life. There's no, yeah. they don't really figure out like a way to transition out of stuff and move on and, and have things evolve. And I think that's, I think I've, you know, you hear people talk that on the company or, you know, wherever the company, they talk about like wanting to try to do things, whatever else is, but it's like, it's kind of getting held up because one, how can you evolve when like you don't even know what direction you're going if you're going left or right because Vince can change his fucking mind every single week. And, and the show is being rewritten like week week to week and it's yeah. just whatever. I, I, the only thing you really have is oh you're you oh you turn heel so you're gonna come out wearing something dark. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna be wearing evolution. Leather, you know. Evolution. You you, you, yeah. you turned goth. You you were dark yeah. now. You were dark stuff instead of colors. Okay. Yeah. Like great. Yeah. Like you yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, thanks for sending that question in, Alice. All right. And that's going to wrap up uh, One Nation Radio this week. Thank you guys, uh, as I mentioned earlier, for listening to the show uh, every week and, you know, rocking with us and everything like that. Uh, James, you got anything you want to get into before we get up out of here? Yeah. Uh, saw the, I believe it was the semi, oh, no, yeah, the, King the quarterfinal. Ring. Yeah. King of the Ring semi or quarterfinals or whatever else. Um, this So. You have Mustafa Ali versus Elias. You have Andrade versus uh, Gable. You have Ricochet versus Samoa Joe, and you also have oh, I'm bl- oh Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Okay, three of these matches are babyface with the injury working underneath. Three of them. 
<laughs> Cedric, Cedric Alexander was the lucky one that draw the stra- that drew the straw to not have to work his leg. So he, had <laughs> a, so so he got his leg. arm worked over, so he's able to actually do stuff, as opposed to Masaf Ali and Ricochet. Dude, Joe worked over Ricochet's leg by, by checking him with kicks of both legs, and then he actually uh, hits him with, like, best way I can explain is like a knee buster, uh-huh. right? Ricochet proceeds to run, jump, sprint, flip, twist, twirl, somersault. Good. Good. All around. And I was just like. Good. Good. Yeah. The, look, don't, 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 have, don't conform to none of that shit, Ricochet. That, that, you know, like, we know what, what Ricochet is here for. Rich, here's the thing. I understand what you're saying is, like, that's not, pe- people don't want to see Ricochet not do the shit he does, right? I agree. The problem is, Ricochet worked the start of the match by getting the advantage by out wrestling, out grappling Samoa Joe at the beginning, <laughs> and th- and then and so he beat him by out grappling him right in chain wrestling, and then Joe, his plan B was fuck it, I'm gonna take his legs out, and then they start and then he started doing all the jumpy flippy shit. And I was like, God damn it, I can't I can't escape it. And this was after because I watched these matches today after getting recommendations about how good the show the match were, and I've been watching all the um. All the King of the Ring stuff because the good King of the Ring stuff. A lot of people think like this is the best King of the Ring ever, uh-huh. right? So, at least from bell to bell uh, prospect or uh, standpoint. Yeah. So, before that, I caught up on because you know stardom. You heard the whole like, whole ordeal with them putting up these shows late and then like whether or not like the subtitles and all of the stuff. So I actually finally got around to watching um, the show that had the bad subtitles, which they actually uh re-put up and took away the subtitles that the bad subtitles they just have it blank we just like you don't know what they're saying so anyway i'm watching that and i watch orissa versus nasco tora and that whole match is you know orissa you watch it she don't do shit except for kick she has her match she doesn't do shit except for kicking his whole fucking match and then she unlo- she unloads knee strikes runs and kicks and then beats nasco and then nasco's a geek so whatever and i'm just like I swear the last four Arisa matches, I swear I can count with two hands the number of moves she did that didn't involve her fucking feet. Her last three, four matches. So, I go from that to watching, and the match was good. So, I go from that to watching King of the Ring, and I see that Ricochet does that. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And then I see, um, and then I watch this the SmackDown um, um, portion of uh, King of the Ring, and Mustafa Ali hurts his knee, and then he sefts it. He jumps, he jumps, he lands. Oh my knee! And I'm just like, I'm over this shit. Like, why do they never do this with like Bobby Roode or Dolph Ziggler or, or someone like that's spectacular? Grounded. They yeah, someone that's grounded, right? Like or they only they only take spectacular motherfuckers and make them spell and sell the leg. Like I don't. Or, or better yet, why don't you do it better and, and build it into like, wow, this dude's really overcoming his injuries and fighting through and gunning through like Cedric got okay like when's the last time Roman Reigns had to sell the leg like (laughs) wait who like when's the last time Roman Reigns had to sell the leg he doesn't really do leg selling what he um what he his like in some of his big matches that I remember recall is like for example Fastlane 2015 he sold the hernia injury he had you know, like Brock will, you know, will have eventually like the diverticulitis pops back up on him from time to time, right? Like, so that's how they get around from it, right? It's like they some torso. They had Rousey sell bad ribs against Alexa Bliss uh, last summer, last fall. Ooh, so yeah, th- look, those matches are all better than like, oh, I'm gonna run and I look, I am, I am a fucking gymnast or whatever else. I get my leg hurt and then I'm going to 
be hurting and I'm going to continue to do the same thing to hurt my leg over and over or not selling at all or kick, throw strikes, kicks, whatever. Uh, but my, my thing is, If you do it like okay, so perfect example of like, well, James, how else you gonna have a, a really good match if if you just don't move or whatever else? All right, well, I would suggest that you turn you tune into what was the G one date? The G one Dallas date was that uh June six early June or July July sixth? Yeah. Turn out go New Japan World July sixth. Kotobushi versus Kenta. Kotobushi. Goes for a plancha over the top rope, lands on the floor, tweezes his ankle. He then proceeds to wrestle for the next, I don't know, 10 minutes of top-notch wrestling with barely doing any move because he illegitimately hurt his ankle. Copy that. Do it like that. It's not that hard. Or watch a Hiroshi Tanahashi match when uh, once he gets a, his knee tweaked one damn time. And they talk about the bono bone cartilage, and, like, you'll see him, he'll go, he'll, Someone will try to whip him to the ropes and just fall because my knee fucking hurts. I can't do anything. All I can do is basically just stand on my feet and fight and fight and fight. Yep. He has better matches consistently than everybody else on main roster in WWE. <laughs> well, he, while while well, he doing this, this version of a match all the time. Yeah. Look, I can watch a Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tanahashi match and I can tell you what he's going to do. He is going to drag the screw leg with you. He is going to then chain wrestle you. He is then at some point going to do something to where a high fly flow or something to where he's going to tweak his knee. And then he's going to do what I just said, where he's go- not he's going to be stationary, not move at all. And then he's going to slap the shit out of you. And then from there, it's this all awesome to the finish. Yeah. That's every Hiroshi Tanahashi big match this year. Look, I understand he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but more people should try to do that. More like, people should try to do stuff like that. I'm not saying every match needs to be a, a Tanahashi match, but focus on the moves that you have that, like, if you were, if you were something, somebody spectacular, that can showcase, like, what can I do when I don't have all this at my disposal? What can I do to basically, like, show that I'm a, I, I have heart and I'm smart and I can adapt to situations? Not just, oh, well, they – you know, like they always say about the Patriots in theory, when they try to blow the Patriots by how great they are, is like they make sure that you play uh, with your offhand, right? Like if you're a great passing team, they make sure that all you do is run during a playoff game, that sort of thing. All right, like how come nobody else is like showing it how to overcome that or work from underneath in that situation? It's always, oh, well, they took away the shit that's supposed to like be my bread and butter, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it any damn way. Like that always pulls me out the match. I'm always like, what's going on here? And this isn't just a WWE problem. Like this is. This is a lot of different places, but like when WWE does three fucking matches for the same <laughs> tournament in the same round on back to back nights, doing it is like, yo, this just stands out. That's yeah. all I had. That's yeah. all I had. Awesome, man. All, all four mat, all four matches were good. Yeah, uh, sounds sounds like it. So, um, uh, so the semifinals. It looks like there's a triple threat match set up with, which makes absolutely no fucking sense, by the way. Check this out, real. <laughs> No. If this was the so, King of the Ring 1993. Check this out, Rich. Corbin advances. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. They had the same match had laid out to you where he does all the all the shit, right? Joe gets him um basically planted on the top rope. Um almost in like a back suplex position. Yep. And then Joe slaps on his choke. So he's in the rope, so there's no, there's no fear of a of a tap out or whatever else. Ricochet, like I said, he worked over his legs the whole time. Ricochet used the post to push off the flip down, uh, for the, so, so they could fall, and then they both covered each other. And I'm like, 
even the finish involved him using his fucking feet when they're hurt to, uh, to get to this. I'm like, yeah, I can't. I, I, I'm. I love you, Ricochet, but damn, like, where's the quality control to say, like, yeah, bro, like this, like this, don't really. No, no, no. There is. Well, then again, there is no quality control probably at this point. Yeah. Like this does what he wants. Yeah. And that's fine. He owns it, but like, so, look. so it was a draw, right? Like a it no. It was a con- draw. And, and instead of both of these motherfuckers being out, they're both like advancing. Yes. <laughs> in what fucking company does so, like someone like a draw a no contest if it was a double count out would it would have just been the same result or like like what's the deal like they both lost i'm, 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 assuming, in situa- they- I'm assuming in that situation <laughs> they uh depending on the booker either you go in that situation of double count you either go with you restart the match or um y'all both eliminated date. no no either you restart the match for a later date or right now right then or or the other person on the other side of that bracket gives a buy. Just advances. Yeah. Right. Like I would think they, Corbin would just advance, but right. WWE is rewriting, you know, yeah. So both motherfuckers lost, so they both move on. So um <laughs> we yeah. we had um like, look, and they did and they did this to a heel. They did this to Corbin who's a heel. Like they 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 fucked the heel. Yeah. The hill just went. I'm not gonna do Steiner math. I promise you, I'm not. The hill went from a 50-50 chance of winning to a 33 and one third chance of winning. But that, that's far as I'm going. With, that's as far as I'm going with Steiner math. But they fucked the hill, and it's like, what? What even is this? So what even is on this? the other side, we've got Elias and Chad Gable. Is it in the semifinals? Yes. yes. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, Chad Gable can move on. My, I don't my know, Ricochet man. Andrade final no longer exists, so I, fuck, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Like, you do you really run the risk of putting Elias in a pay per view match for for something that matters? Fuck no. All right, then. So you so that means you think, and also like Gable's getting over. Shocker! Like a, a guy that's that's always been creative getting over while wrestling is getting over while in a wrestling tournament. Boy, it, it's like a guy a couple weeks ago on this show said something about Gable, you know, and yeah, you know, he, he could he could actually you know do something for you, you know. Um, yeah. So, um, that was the best match of the four um, from this week, right? So, Gable. So my thing is Gable advances. So that means like. That means Corbin is actually going to be a real threat. To, Corbin's going to win this shit, or, or not win it, but like Corbin's going to be in the final. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it could be Corbin and um, Gable. Corbin and Gable. Yeah. Now you tell me, like, I mean, that pretty much is like for me is like, yes, they're 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 giving them something by they putting actually them in have chemistry. Sorry, they actually have chemistry, Corbin and Gable. So like. Okay. One of the greatest Baron Corbin all-time moments, and there, trust me, there's not many, is the end of days that well, he gave. Well, to there, there are plenty if you're trying to be like, if you're talking about like, if you're being subversive and you're thinking like, all right, like when he got when he failed to cash in or stuff oh, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the when he hits the end of days on Gable, like there's this crazy way that he sets that up. That's like a, uh, like a head scissors into the end of days. Like it actually happened. I believe on the show that we were at the takeover, uh, NXT takeover respect 2015. I believe that it was Rhino and Corbin against American alpha. Uh, and this is when they were first getting started. And mm-hmm. the finish is, Corbin doing that crazy ass end of days at Gable and it was nuts. So maybe like they're gonna be having this final match for just one spot 
So <laughs> I hope I see it. So, um, oh yeah. So and, but, yeah, and also like uh, another thing about maybe he can is, kick uh, out of the end of days. Maybe that can do something for him because no one ever kicks out of the end of days. Is that true? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, okay. Well, wait. Didn't Seth kick out of that eventually? Like during this summer? No, I don't think he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I just uh, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna do Corbin. Or whatever else, like they can do it. Like I mean, but uh, King Corbin, like, uh, please like, don't. You know, do it. you know what they're gonna do with you, uh, you. You already have an idea of what they're gonna do with him based off what they've done. The previous heels are like not top of the line heels or whatever else. And I think at this point, like they they kind of already know because they took his ass off TV for a while, right? So they already kind of like, yeah, man, like we're past that. Like you're just gonna be a mid card heel, and like you know what they do with mid card heels with with with. With the with the king gimmick that won King of the Ring is like, if that's where they're gonna slot him now, all right, fine, Jesus whatever. Christ. Um, but like they could actually propel, um, they could propel Gable to being like, all right, like let's put him in the Intercontinental Championship mix or whatever else. Like let's try to make a new like let's try to aim for a ne- the next Daniel Bryan that sort of thing. Even though we still have Daniel Bryan, <laughs> you know, like that that could be something they could do. Um. I don't know which way they go with it, but like, I just I have a hard time believing they're actually going to really go ahead with this ricochet thing after they decide to do this because like, him overcoming two heels, um, to win the triple threat match and get to the final and then face Elias is like, so you're going to put him over by like having him fight a dude that is going to have a bat that that's going to like going to be the worst guy, the worst heel he's going to face throughout the whole tournament. Like that sounds like hustling backwards to me. Yeah. Uh, after beating McIntyre and you know, shit like that. So yeah. Go, yeah. Beat McIntyre, face Samoa Joe, face Samoa Joe and Baron Corbin. And you know, Baron Corbin is, comes through when he actually doesn't get the chance to throw in chin locks and triple threat matches. Like, and then you say, Oh yeah. Now Elias. Like what? Yeah. So that, that, whatever that, that, way that, they that go, sound like something they do that. I mean, this is my promotion. I just do the face versus face match and, and be like, "Hey, y'all got 15 minutes. Y'all go, uh, y'all go kill it." <laughs> 15 minutes for Gable and Ricochet. Yeah. I mean, one could one could dream. Yeah. I look. I I I have to see it to believe it though. Yeah. But let's get the fuck out of here. We're over two hours at this point. So, wow, really? um, yeah, make sure you guys are rating and reviewing us on whatever uh, you're listening to is iTunes, uh, Podbean, whatever. Um, make sure you guys are checking out uh, One Nation Radio here on Sundays. Uh, Tuesdays, we got Keeping It Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh. I believe Josh will be returning this week. I uh, will not be doing back to back duty on Keeping It Strong Style this week because I have watched none of The Road to Destruction. So, um,. <laughs> Uh, every Wednesday, we got the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we've got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Uh, we got Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. And then on Saturdays, All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson, sometimes Amy, sometimes Tiffany. So uh, for James, it's time to get the fuck up out of here. And <laughs> we'll holler at y'all next week. Later. Peace. Uh,